0: Well, as I said, uh, we're going to do things a a little bit differently this morning uh, for our time together in the Word. Brian here and Anderson and Blake at Southwood last week really set the stage for our times together throughout the week uh, in this Global Impact Week, exploring what is happening in the the culture of postmodern Europe. And uh, this morning we get to hear some stories, some testimonies uh, from a few of the individuals who serve there. And uh, and then uh, just a very very special treat in terms of our time in God's Word this morning. So I'm really excited to uh, to, to bring this to you and to share together in this together this morning. I'm going to invite Chris McGuffey to come up and have a seat. I'm going to take a seat because uh, it just seems more comfortable in an interview setting or something. We uh, we're going to hear from Greece and from Italy this morning in terms of the the interviews and. People who know this man well call him Guff, so I'm gonna, it's going to come out Guff about 90% of the time. And so you'll know why I'm calling him that. That's, uh, that's what folks call him yeah. Guff. People that no, don't know me call me lots of other things. <laughs> Good word. For those who don't know you, you know, you've been in a relationship with us overseas as well as here for a number of years. Why don't you give us the, the backstory? story? Uh, well, I went to, uh,
1: went to Texas A&M, um, classed in 1988, graduated in 1990. And uh, it's a familiar story for, for many many uh, students and many parents, I would say. And uh, through that time, I was uh, pretty involved uh, with Campus Crusade and also attending, attending church here at Grace. And the Lord just continued to use both to capture my heart and uh, went on a number of different projects, both to uh, the closed part of the former Soviet Union. And uh, and then as, as I graduated, went uh, back overseas to spend a year on STEM And so I became a bit of a, a poster child for sending i think in terms of just filling in some of the uh, uh some of the hoops that, that we really hope people will go not because we want them to become statistics uh but really it, it changed my life and, and i couldn't imagine doing anything else
0: uh so specifically uh well tell us about your family and then uh where yes. did you go and where did you end up where yeah you, I, I got married, married uh after, that's another
1: long and short story <laughs> Um, but uh, Amy and I, after we got married, we had been on staff for a, a couple of years. And uh, she had done some things in East Asia. And so we thought, man, what a, what a great way to start a life together. And so after being married about eight months, uh, we decided to move to East Asia. And we spent uh, the next ten years there. And uh, it was fun because we moved to East Asia in, in two duffel bags. And when we decided to finally end up uh, leaving that uh, place, uh, because we were able to turn over our, our role to some national staff there. Uh, we moved to Greece in a 40-foot container with three children. And uh, yeah, the children so, in the
0: container? No, no, the children were not in the container,
1: <laughs> though about halfway through the flight, we were starting to think about it. Um, you know, it's just amazing. As, as we saw all the things that God had done in East Asia, there are there a number of things that just Uh, really grasped our heart. One is how thankful we were for being able to partner with this church and and, uh, to do some things. But just seeing what God did in East Asia, it it really became heavy on our hearts that it was a stewardship and uh, that maybe the Lord wanted to take the experiences that we had there and and to take them to a new place and uh, to see if we could, uh, to see those things maybe in in some form or fashion happen again.
0: So now uh, you find yourself in the country of Greece, and we've been talking this week about postmodernism, particularly in Europe, and how this philosophy is impacting people in terms of cynicism and traditional religion really being a thing of the past and, you know, kind of closing hearts to the gospel. How do you feel that the impact of that in, in your ministry?
1: You know, postmodernism is, is kind of a funny thing because in, in the U.S. it's oftentimes looked as something negative, and, uh, and maybe it is because we're, you know, the, the truth that we've clung to for so long is, is getting a... Um, a little bit more wily uh, in the eyes uh, of students. But on the other hand, in Europe, um, it, it's funny how God can can use things in, in different cultures. And uh, because in Greece, there's been such a stronghold of this idea of, of religion, that postmodernism is really what's kind of unlocking people and kind of uh, unhitching that trailer from people's lives. And, and they're beginning to really think, maybe there is more that's out there. And, and maybe it's not just this set of truths, uh, these set of dogma or whatever that's been passed on to us, but really investigating more in the personal spiritual side of life. And so I'm really thankful, uh, that events like that are happening and we're seeing students really for the first time this year, um, after being there for four years, really open up and investigate something that's very different than what they've experienced in the past.
0: So you, you mentioned that some of the students that you are reaching and who are responding are actually beginning to sort of awaken to their own desire to minister and to reach others. Tell, tell us, are there some stories or some background? Right. Uh,
1: you'll see up on the pictures, there's, a, there's three different uh, ladies that are, that are up, up there. One is uh, Anna, and another is Anahita, and another is Angela. And we're really excited as, as Anna and Anahita over this past uh, academic year have really committed themselves to following the Lord. And they're growing, and they're, they're just, it's amazing to watch things uh, happen in their mind and in their life. And, uh, and that's, that's really cool. Uh, but you know, our, our desire for what we're doing there is so much larger than just seeing people come to Christ. And so one of the things that that we're really excited about now is, is we talk about students and we talk about this gal, Angela, who's, whose life is in the midst of change, but she hasn't figured out yet that it's the love of Christ that is drawing her closer and closer. And so we were talking to her, uh, talking within our team one day and, uh, Ana and Ana Hito were there. And Anna just set, stepped up out of the blue, and she said, "You know, she's only been a, a believer for for a very short amount of time." She said, "You know, I I think I know what she's going through. Let me go talk to her." Mm. And for us, this is this is not only uh, the evidence of the life change, but this is uh, a Greek student who's come to faith, who so desperately desires, without any pressure or request, to go and help one of her Greek friends really understand the truth. Mm.
0: You are in a uh, partnership with Grace. We are in partnership with you. Um, tell us about the, the town where the Aggies have been going and kind of what your hopes are for that partnership and what the future looks like.
1: You know, it's, it's really exciting. There's a, there's a city, uh, you know, the two main cities in, uh, in Greece are Athens and Thessaloniki, and we have a, kind of a ministry presence in both of those. And, uh, but we were kind of looking for a college station of Greece and uh, a place where uh, this church primarily could go and help. Uh, not just partner with us as an organization, but to partner with a local church that is there. And we found this place. It's called Ioannina, uh, and it's about five hours outside of Athens. And it's really exciting because there's, there's a church that's there that is totally open uh, for help. Uh, right now, they have a, a total congregation of somewhere between 15 and 20 people. And, uh, and so they're really excited that someone would be willing to come that far to the interior of Greece to really partner with them to reach the students. They have a, a, a population in their, in their city. It's about 10% students. And so it really is kind of reflective of uh, some of the situation that's here. And so uh, by God's grace, we were able to open up a, a summer project there uh, with all uh, Grace students uh, this last summer. And uh, we're moving forth. And uh, somewhere uh, here today, Jerry... And uh, Suzanne Varghese uh, are here, and uh, they have uh, said openly they desire to uh, lead uh, our first stint team there starting this fall. And so we're going to be out in the back uh, between the services if uh, people would like to find out more about uh, what's happening with the the Grace Stint team this year.
0: Varghese is in here. You guys.
1: They might have gone to the college class okay. this morning.
0: Students in particular, if you're interested in finding more about the partnership, as Guff just said, they'll be at the, uh, at the desk on the right-hand side as you exit um, out here. How can we be praying for the upcoming year?
1: Well, for, I just want to say, um, you know, as you guys continue to pray for us, that's, that's great. But just thanks. Um, you know, we, we've been in uh, great partnership together for the last 15 years. And uh, from our side, you know, to, to sit in this room, what... What an amazing thing that feels like, not just to come back, but we feel, uh, we feel your love and uh, we feel your prayers uh, every day uh, that we're there. Um, you can continue to pray for us. Uh, our uh, long-term team has kind of shrunk down over the past few years. And uh, so my wife and I and our kids uh, are the, uh, the only long-term staff that are in Athens at the moment, having a great time with our stint team. And, uh, but we, we certainly would love to see others uh, raised up from this church and from our other partnerships to, to come and join us and uh, to be a long-term presence for the ministry there. And just that we would know, um, you know, we've, we've begun to figure out what it means to do evangelism there and to help people come to Christ. Uh, discipleship is, is uh, our next big thing to tackle. And it's not something that we can simply overlay some uh, a model uh, that we're familiar with. And so we, we have a lot of work to do to figure out how it is that, that the Greeks uh, are going to be raised up to be spiritual leaders in their country.
0: As you all uh, come across the McGuffys in your prayer guide, uh, do remember those prayer requests. And uh, feel free to meet Guff this morning outside after the service. We're going to give you a little video clip that uh, sort of refreshes your memory on some, some aspects of ministry in Europe. And change the stage up here and continue in just a moment. Thanks, Guff. <laughs> Our, our thanks to the Ministry Crossworld uh, for those videos, the one you saw last week, and this week just a real powerful short presentation of, of the challenge um, that is taking place in Western Europe right now. Uh, I didn't apparently let David Showalter know. David, are you in here? Come on up. <laughs> 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 Nothing like putting you on the spot. We've got a space for you here. Um, this uh, these folks are all related to one one field, one uh, one work of God in a particular place, and uh, it began with Robbie and Rose Roberts. You guys have a lengthy history with with Grace. Why don't you give us a little Robbie? Give us a little background on
2: class of Nineteen seventy five, Texas A and M. Thank you. Are you really class of seventy <laughs>
0: five?
2: Uh, both Rose and I attended Grace Bible Church as students, and we actually met in that little room across the way where the college students are, and fell in love and got married. Uh, we were able to, to help start the first youth group here at Grace Bible Church from 75 to 77, and then went to DTS, but our, our time didn't finish because I was ordained by Grace Bible Church as I was finishing seminary, and then we were, uh, the first support we actually received was from from grace as well and of course now we've had 27 years of partnering and uh support and so much prayer from this body and caring for us rose tell us
0: uh, sort of the, the the i guess the video sort of set the stage for the hard ground in europe and and uh, it wasn't an easy 20 some odd years tell us kind of the sweep of the the church plant story there
3: Okay, Um, the first six years that we were in Italy, we did uh, all kinds of evangelism, street preaching, door-to-door, distributing tracts in outdoor markets, friendship evangelism. And after six years, we had ten converts. So I was ready to leave and go uh, to another field. We had, our mission had fields where there were harvesting, and that's where I wanted to go. But my husband said, no, God hadn't given us our marching orders, so we stayed there and over the years, I'm glad we did, uh, we saw God do miracles. And um, so we were able to leave a church recently, it, completely in the hands of Italians, about a 100-member church, which is quite large in Italy, with its own building and its own Italian pastor. And in the meantime, we were able to start a spin-up work on uh, Lake Maggiore, which is a, still a house church, and we turned that over a couple of years ago to a young missionary couple who are working with us. And in the meantime, we began working on a third church plant five hours south of Milan in a new region called Abruzzo, and uh, we've got about uh, 30 people in that new church, and we're just uh, starting again doing what we did at the beginning in Milan.
0: We're going to come back to y'all's uh, current work. Let's pop over to David and, and talk about the... The work in Abruzzo. No, sorry. Which is no, the one north? Sesto okay. Calende. And, and uh, you tell us a little bit about your history with Grace and um, where you're headed and a little bit about your wife who's in the picture up there. Yeah.
4: I wish she could be here. I, I sat here just like many students for, for five years and it was at the end of that time that the Lord began to cultivate a love for the nations right here at Grace. And I agreed to go on a, a two week short term trip that Grace had planned with Robbie and Rose little did I know that that would turn into um, a whole life ministry. In fact, I had no intention of ever becoming a missionary. I enjoyed my engineering classes and wanted the normal American dream. And the Lord kind of unseated all that in those two weeks. And he began to work on my heart. And that turned into a year-long stint. And then that year-long stint turned into two. And at the end of that time, um, the Lord just made it clear that he was calling me back long-term. And so I went to DTS and just finished five uh, long years, and my wife and I are prepar- preparing right now to go back uh, long term. And we hope to work with the church plan in Sesto, that, um, the house church that is, has spun off from the main church in Milan that Gabriele pastors, and we are eager and excited about where that's going. It's real small now, but we want to be a part of what the Lukers are doing there uh, to grow that church. Based on what you know about them and that work already, what are some prayer requests that folks can remember <clears throat> for, the, for the work up there? Well, they're in the very beginnings of that work, and the ground is hard, very hard. Um, and I just would ask that you would pray that the Lord would, would soften that ground and soften hearts and begin to move in the lives of people in that area around Sesto and draw them to Christ. Yeah, that, that whole area, kind of west of Milan, um, Torino especially, and up there, is, is, is overcome by the occult. Uh, Satanism is large and, and all over. So if you could pray in that, along those lines as well. Okay.
0: Now, we're going to talk about short-term missions in a little bit, and obviously that played a big role in your... What would you say to folks today who are thinking about uh, one of these? That's a lob question. There. Sure. Well, <laughs> literally
4: from the pulpit here, one Sunday someone said, just go on one mission trip before you finish your, your time in college. And so I was a pragmatic engineer. I said, well, let me look at the... I literally chose the trip that fit my budget and my schedule, and God interrupted my whole life with, with just that. So there you go. (laughs) Good work. Good work. Well,
0: Rose, you mentioned that y'all are in a new ministry to the South, and um, it's more of a back-to-basics kind of a a ministry there. Tell us about, maybe tell us a story, some some stories from there.
3: Okay. I'll tell the story of uh, Deborah. She's one of the people who have just uh, become a Christian in the last couple of years. Deborah is a court reporter, and she's 29 years old, and Um, had never heard the gospel, but she started getting interested in a young guy who had just um, received Christ and had been baptized in our new church. And so she was curious and dubious about this guy's beliefs. And so she asked me if I would start doing a Bible study with her, just to answer her questions. We started meeting for two hours every Monday evening after her work day and she would come with a list of questions she started reading in genesis and she had a whole list of questions every week that i needed to answer and um praise the lord that you know jesus is in every page of the bible so the cross came up a lot even in genesis exodus and so on and um, i would always give her every time i would give her the chance I'd say deborah would you like to give your life to jesus and every time she'd say I think I'm beginning to understand what you people believe, but no. And after nine months, um, I remember we were getting ready to come back a year and a half ago on furlough. And uh, so it was our last meeting. And I said, Deborah, are you ready to give your life to Jesus? Do you want to receive Jesus as your Savior? And she said, not yet, Hmm. but I feel like I am getting closer and so we prayed for her that summer. And when we got back, uh, she was one of the first people to contact us. And she told us a story. She said that after that Bible study, she prayed that God would reveal himself to her if he was real. And she went home. She's from Naples. She went back home that summer to visit her mom. And there was flash flooding. She had a tiny little European car. And she was on a narrow street. And it actually was taken up. They were, it was filling up. The car was being carried away, and it was filling up. She, her father, and um, another person was in the car. And as they were just being carried away by the flooding, someone from a balcony, the water was that high, reached their hand down and called to them. And so they climbed out onto the hood of the car out of the window, and the people yanked them up onto the balcony, and the car was just taken off. And she said, "There." Hmm. There's my answer. Hmm. And so when we met her, she said, I, I received Jesus this summer. And now she's studying the Bible just as, um, with as much, uh, interest and commitment, but now she's got a passion to know Jesus.
0: Hmm. Wonderful. Wow. That's good. Well, Robbie, you've, you all as a, as a couple y'all have lived the, the missionary's dream in a sense of seeing a, a national become pastor of the church that you planted and, uh, we challenge ourselves today uh, to answer God's call, to hear, to hear what he's saying. We know that this wouldn't have happened if there hadn't been a response to God's call in, in, in the story of Gabriele. As you introduce him, uh, tell us that, that
2: story. We began to look for, we asked our church, Do you, would you like to just be lay led? <clears throat> there was 30 to 40 of them. And they said, no, we'd we continue to like to have, some, have somebody full time. And so we wanted to move and I began to pray that God would lead us to the right Italian. And we were thinking about looking down at the Rome Bible Institute. And he had Gabbadelli sit by me at a pizza place at a youth group meeting one night in our church in Milan. And he just talked to me about his desire to study the Word of God. And in the mornings before he went to paint houses, he only had an hour and it just it just wasn't enough time to be able to get you know, you get on these rabbit trails and you start studying this and it would take him there. And uh, I guess he didn't realize that's not real common among everyone at six in the morning to, you know, not only have a, a, an hour would be enough. And so we called him to come and he spent six months with us coming in on the weekends from his mountain village to the big, dirty uh, industrial city of Milan and working with our youth. And we had given him a call to come to leave his Nice job, beautiful mountain setting, and come to the big, dirty city. and Really I mean, enticing there. That's right. Really <laughs> enticing. And, and on top of that, we offered him the amazing sum of 150 euro a month. So he was going to have to work part-time. We'd help, help him find a place. It, I was embarrassed that that was all my, the other men on the leadership committee were willing to commit to him. But I had the impression he was coming. Well... In February, God had been working through some fasting and praying and other things that were going on in our church. And, and on February 10th, 2002, uh, I preached a sermon from Joshua, and it was a very simple outline. The first chapter, follow the instructions and don't look back. And God moved in a particular way that morning with His Holy Spirit, and He touched everyone's life. Many were crying, and it was just an outpouring of His Spirit. And I said, after the end, I said, well, let's pray. Let's leave some time for prayer. And I was thinking silent prayer. Well, Gabe came from a church where at the end, they pray out loud almost every time in response to the message. And he began to pray. And the first thing he said was, Lord, you know that I wasn't going to come. And I'm thinking, what? (laughs) You're not coming. Uh, But he said, I know that if I don't take... The first step, I'll never make it. So, here he is.
0: Many of you may not know that uh, Gabriele and his wife spent a few months here at Grace in 2004 after this uh, moment yes. in your ministry. Tell us what's happened in your family and, and a little bit about the ministry that you stepped into.
5: Okay. Uh, I can use this. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> um, after six years ago I went back to Italy and was a turning point of my life, real turning point and I had three miracles in my life uh, the first one was uh, Deborah, our first daughter is, she is f- uh, four now and the other one is Beatrice, two years old uh, the second daughter so great miracles and the third miracle was that uh, something happened in our church that uh, was real. Robin Rose uh, moved uh, out of the church. Uh, you know, when you, when you think something, but when you saw something, it's very different. So it was uh, two years ago, they decided to go to the other town uh, in the center of Italy, and was the first step, real step, uh, for our church. So it was... Uh, for one year we have some issues some problems i became the pastor uh, the only pastor the church assistant uh, youth everything uh, almost uh, there are many volunteers that work in the church but they work all day so uh, i'm the only full time uh, person that work in the church and we had some big problems but god was faithful for us for me my family and all the churches and right now, right now we are uh, waiting uh, for something big in our own life and church and all the country actually. So what's your vision for the for the church in, in the coming ah. year? What, what, what are you excited about? <sighs> I'm excited, real excited because uh, I know that something something is going on in Italy. Great. Uh, I don't know how but we have to go, go out and preach the gospel because I think this is the right time now. Um, we, we feel, uh, feel unity uh, united. united and we are ready to go outside to preach the gospel and some events are taken, uh right now in Italy in our town in Milan with all the churches around us so pray for that
0: <clears throat> we want to conclude with a challenge from God's word and we just thought this morning there was nothing better than to have Gabriele do that for us so I'm going to invite you to come up here and you guys can have a seat and would you, would you share with us from God's word I'm, yeah. Thank you. Thank you.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I have my notes <clears throat> uh, it's such an honor for me to be here uh, I think I don't deserve that but grace is when you deserve nothing and you receive <laughs> so this is a grace for me <clears throat> And the last time I was here in a college station was six years ago. And immediately, I understood that there were three keywords uh, very important in this town. <clears throat> the, fir- the first one is Aggies. <laughs> I-, <laughs> I heard you won last night, right? It was good? Yeah. Uh, the second one is Howdy. <laughs> Howdy? OK. <laughs> I just knew uh, hi and hello, but never heard Audi, so it was kind of weird for me. But the third one is uh, something like whoop, yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> and uh, I coined the term to whoop something. Uh, there, are, there are words uh, that probably known just around here. And that somehow describe the culture of this town. Talking about mission, I think there are three key words that can des- describe mission. We find uh, the first one in the book of Philippians. And Pat will read, because, you know, it's good to read the Bible in English. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Philippians 1, uh, verses, tw- we heard these a, a few moments ago, mm-hmm. 27 and 28. Only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you and see you or remain absent I will hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind striving together for the faith of the
5: gospel in no way alarmed by your opponents striving together has one for the faith of the gospel what an incredibly amazing way to describe prayer prayer is the most available At the same time, most powerful weapon that we have. One of the weapons we have is the sword of the spirit, right? And which is the word of God. With this, we can share the gospel with those who still don't know Christ and his sacrifice. And if we cannot physically be there, well, prayer is the only weapon we have. Somebody has described it like an arrow that can reach and hit hearts, even from far away. This past year was very difficult for our church and for me personally. But knowing that there were and there are people here in this church on the other side of the world, striving, fighting for the faith of the gospel, not only in Europe or all around the world, but for our little church in Milan, in Italy, made my heart rejoice and often sustain me. You can't imagine how powerful prayers are. And when and how the Lord will answer to his children. They shout to him. So the first word is prayer. The second key word is in Philippians 4, chapter 4, verse 15, 16, and 18. You yourselves
0: also know Philippians... That at the first preaching of the gospel, after I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, but you alone. For even in Thessalonica, you sent a gift more than once for my needs. Verse 18. Mm -hmm. But I have received everything in full and have an abundance, for I am amply supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you have sent, a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to
5: God. Those people not only were offering sacrifices of praise but more than once sent to Paul and his co-worker financial help. Sacrifices that, like a fragrant offering, were placed into God. No one was helping Paul financially, except the Church of Philippi. Give is the second key word for mission. It is not possible to preach the gospel without a financial help. Six years ago, I was a part-time youth pastor in Italy, in the morning, I work in a call center. And in the afternoons, I work with teenagers. My wife had a secular full-time job. During our three-month internship here at Grace Bible Church, this church took it to heart not only to support us in prayers, but also decided to financially help us for five years. That decision radically changed and influenced our life. When I went back, I quit my job and decided to be a full-time missionary in my country, in my own town. My wife quit her full-time job and found a part-time job just to help me. And all of this because you, six years ago, decided to give, to sacrifice your money, to help a young, shy part time youth pastor whom you barely knew. I wish I could express how much your sacrifice has encouraged and motivated our church in Milan to support us. Who knows how many missionaries you can support if you commit more in this way. So pray and giving. The third key word is in Philippians two twenty five. And twenty nine thirty.
0: But I thought it necessary to send you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger and minister to my need. And then verse twenty nine. Receive him in the Lord with all joy and hold men like him in high regard, because he came close to death for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was deficient in your service to me.
5: Someone needs to go. Someone needs to be sent. We heard about David before. This is the art of mission, I think. We all are missionary in prayer and giving. But someone has to have the courage to answer the call of gospel. Of course, not everyone. But lying like in the verses we just read, Epaphroditus was sent from them to Paul and then from Paul to them. Today and during this week... I've seen hundreds of people of all ages listening to missionary, asking, asking questions. Maybe some of you, I hope many of you, here in this room, especially in these days, are hearing God's voice who's calling you to the greatest and most challenging adventures of your life. Get out of your country and live it to bring the gospel to those who still don't know Christ and his sacrifices. And trust me, there are many lost people out there, really. I want to say one last thing. There's a special family whom your church knows well. A couple who many years ago listened and answered to that call. Robin and Rose Roberts decided to go to Italy, the wonderful, beautiful Italy. But very difficult where many great missionaries, like Apostle Paul, Apostle Peter, died preaching the gospel. The Roberts family is the perfect example. They've, they have been supported by your church, both from your prayers and from your financial gifts. And it's through their willing heart that God reached my wife's heart 20 years ago. Some years later, they came in my little hometown... To preach the gospel one evening. And there was a crazy young man. Who attended that event. Just to please his father. I wanted to be there at all. And listen the gospel. <clears throat> well, that guy. 17 years later. Is now standing here. In front of all of you. Begging you. To answer the God's call. You don't know how great plan God is planning for you. Pray. I want to pray in Italian uh, for all of you. Padre Onnipotente, quanto è bello essere qui questa mattina, quanto mi sento ah, compensato di tutta la tua grazia e di tutta la tua misericordia per quello che hai fatto nella mia vita. Io ti lodo, Padre Onnipotente, Dio del Cielo e dell'Universo, Dio della Terra e di tutto quello che essa contiene. Io ti lodo questa mattina per aver messo nel cuore di due persone meravigliose il desiderio di venire in Italia, di predicare il Vangelo. Io ti ringrazio con tutto il mio cuore per quello che Cristo ha fatto e per quello che Cristo continua a fare nella mia vita. Io ti supplico, Padre, ti supplico questa mattina, se c'è anche una persona qui dentro che può ascoltare che vuole ascoltare la tua voce che possa dire sì a quella chiamata che possa dire sì alla chiamata del Vangelo che possa dire sì io sono disposto a seguirti Signore Gesù dovunque tu andrai io ti ringrazio e ti chiedo davvero di fare un miracolo grande qui negli Stati Uniti a College Station in questa chiesa e anche in Italia in Milano nella nostra chiesa ti ringrazio perché siamo uno in spirito e grazie perché Cristo è presente qui in mezzo a noi in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.
0: Father, we um, celebrate you this morning. It's a joy to be here on this beautiful morning and to be in your presence. Father, it's such a blessing to hear uh, such a challenge from your word and a challenge from across the world. And we do pray for each person here, each heart, um, each individual, as they consider uh, these words and they, as they consider your challenge, as they consider your calling. I pray that you would. Uh, by your Spirit, enable each of us to be open, uh, to hear what you're saying, and and to respond this morning in a very tangible way, to connect our lives and our hearts and our resources with what you're doing around the world, at least in some small way, because God, you take small offerings and you do amazing things with them, and uh, so we desire to make ourselves available Uh, to you this morning. We thank you for Gabriele. We thank you for the Roberts and their ministry, for Chris McGuffey and his ministry. We pray for them. We pray for all the uh, ministers, the missionaries who are here uh, this morning, and we pray that they would receive the encouragement of this body as we go out and and, uh, get to know them better. Thank you again, God, for this time, and may we we hear your voice and respond, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, God. Pray, give, and go. Those, those three key words. And each and every one of us in this room has an opportunity to respond in one of those ways. And I, I, I don't want to leave you this morning without some specific ways that you can do that. Because it's, it's, uh, it's sitting right in your hands. Pray. We placed in your hand this morning, as I mentioned earlier, a guide to prayer. And, and listed in here is a, as a, just a short prayer request, kind of to cover the whole year, for every missionary that Grace Bible Church supports. And you can, uh, you can begin with those requests if God prompts your heart to take more interest in a particular ministry. If you'll contact me or Bell Roberts in the missions office, we'll get you some more information. We'll get you in connection with that missionary, and you can pray for them more specifically. You can also keep up with missions and how to pray for missions at the website. And uh, the address for the website is there. Um, you can keep that little magnet uh, in your house. So you have that there as a reminder. Give Grace Bible Church gives to support missionaries like the Roberts and the McGuffeys and others who you'll meet this morning, Uh, but we can't support them entirely. We can only give a small part of what they need to, to live life and to do ministry in the place that God's called them to. If you go out these doors this morning on either side, there will be uh, these missionaries that you've met as well as some others uh, from other locations. You have the opportunity to sit, to stand, and to visit with them for a few moments, find out what their needs are, to sign up for their prayer letter, and you can connect with them personally. I know that David and Jan are in the support raising process right now and, and uh, many others that you'll, uh, that you'll meet out there. Um, there are financial needs right now. 20 $25 a month can make a huge difference. If you've never done that before, it will begin to connect you in a more personal way. Uh, with that missionary that you support, that you give to, that you pray for, uh, and you really begin a relationship with them that will change your life as well as changing their lives. And go. We want to challenge you this morning to think about uh, the short-term mission opportunities that are there on the back of the, of the brochure in your hand. We've got a little video introduction, and then I'm going to come back and wrap us up.
2: Forever, Jesus has forever, called all of us to be his disciples, but in addition to make disciples two
1: that our significance is derived from our worship of God and the service of his kingdom consider this that God may want to do in your life something that you've never expected before
2: all across the world from every tribe tongue people nation there will be men and women who will worship Jesus Christ and that's what God is moving history toward and he's asked you and me to be a part of that take the opportunities that the
1: Lord is setting before you to go to the world
2: Ultimately, you are going to devote your life to something. And the question really is, what's it going to be? And as we look at the scripture, what we see is a call to devote our lives to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then through us, we were tired of seeing what we could accomplish. We wanted to see miracles happen. We really wanted to live in the power of his grace. It's so much more joyful and satisfying when he's at work through you and not just what you can do. God is
0: pursuing with omnipotent passion. A worldwide purpose of gathering joyful worshipers for himself. Therefore, let us bring our affections into line with his, and for the sake of his name, let us renounce the quest for worldly comforts and join his global purpose.
2: You never know when you're just being faithful, doing the everyday things, life, how God's going to make your works have eternal impact.
0: missionaries in the lobby this morning you can find out about a lot of those trips out there join us for lunch today at 12 30 we'll give you a few pieces of pizza send you to a room and you can talk to the folks who are going uh, but seriously consider the challenge to go the, the challenge to give and the challenge to pray god bless you this morning you're, you're dismissed go out and enjoy the the, the folks in the lobby there